0: Had that on? Oh, I was singing with two microphones. No wonder I was so loud. Matthew chapter 11, please. Matthew chapter 11. Now, I prefaced things in our Sunday school time when we had our prayer time. And again, thank you for joining us. Our second Sunday of every month, we spend the time in Sunday school hour presenting praises and prayer requests and then spending time before the Lord and praying. Amen. So if you are interested in joining us, uh, uh, one of the probably the greatest misused or avoided uh, opportunities we have in Christianity is prayer. And uh, it is probably we're going to get to heaven someday and we're going to realize how important prayer really was and how we didn't utilize what God has given to us in that. So and that sometimes happens during Sunday school prayer time that uh, we don't have as many people on the prayer Sunday morning than we do on regular Sunday mornings. And I wonder why, oh, we're just praying. But listen, I'll tell you one thing. Listen carefully to me, and I know Dan would say the same thing. If you think sitting and listening to us is more important than praying to the Lord, you're out of your mind. Getting in contact with our God and spending the time before his throne is way more important than listening to us. So don't take it as oh it's just prayer Sunday. Say oh I bet I should be there for prayer Sunday because we as God's family get to get uh, get together and bow before His throne as a group and say hey here's some things that Lord we want to thank you for some concerns we have some requests we'd like to bring for you. There is nothing more important than communicating with our God. Okay, uh, you can listen to what this crazy brain has to say this morning, but that's never going to be as important as spending time with the Lord. Amen so with that in mind we're back in matthew um we talked about it this morning in sunday school and i prefaced this idea that last time we looked the beginning of the chapter john sends disciples the john the baptist sends some disciples john the baptist is in prison and he sends a few disciples and says we need to make sure absolutely lord are you the one who is supposed to come and jesus says go check the scriptures Okay, what does the scripture say about me? Okay, and we went through that last week. Okay, the scripture has a lot to say about Jesus. And he says, if I am doing and if I am living the way the scripture said I should be, then I am Messiah. Okay, and we looked at that. Jesus exactly fulfilled everything. His entire life was fulfilling the scripture. And guys, that is what God always does. God is always. Always 100% without a doubt fulfilling scripture period everything he does is in line with his word They never deviate from one another. Okay, that's why he gave us his word. It is absolute truth now What we're going to look at this morning? Is Jesus says okay? so now that that's done who is this John the Baptist guy and Jesus takes some time to look at the scripture and say what the scripture says about John the Baptist So, Jesus himself does a little homework and says, "Um, you know, you guys come out to see this John the Baptist guy. Why? Why is he so important? And Jesus gives us a couple of pointers. And we're going to look at several of the scripture verses that talk about who John the Baptist was. All right? And then the whole point, and I'm saying all this because I want this to sink into your mind this morning, in my mind this morning, is, you know, the Word of God has a lot to say about you and me. Doesn't it? We got epistle after epistle in the New Testament about how Christians should act, how churches should behave, okay? how we as Christ-like ones should walk in our faith. But not very often do we look and go, huh, am I living the way the Bible says I should live? If, it, if, if the Bible was describing me, Craig Fisher, Am I an accurate picture of what the Bible says about me? Now, we just agree, right? The Bible says a lot about how we should be as Christians. Well, if we can look to see how Moses was and how Elijah was and how John the Baptist was and how Jesus was in comparison to the Scripture, shouldn't we be able to look at what the Bible says about us in comparison to the Scripture? So that's the point. Jesus is focusing back on, listen, Everything about John the Baptist, everything about me, everything about what God has been doing is in line with his scripture. Well, is everything that we're doing in line with the scripture? Okay, uh, what is the old phrase, uh, back in the 80s probably, if somebody took you to court to convict you of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to prove it? And that's what we're talking about. Do we see ourselves in God's word? That's the underlying thought. So keep that in mind. So if you're with me in Matthew, I said all that just enough to give you time to flip to Matthew chapter 11. Okay, look at verse 7 if you would. This is where we're beginning. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out to see uh, in the wilderness to see? A, weed, a reed shaken in with the wind? Well, what went ye out for to see? A man clothed with soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom is written, Behold, I send a messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among that are, them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than one greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he is least in the kingdom of heaven. He that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and violence taketh by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if ye will receive it, this is Elias, which was for to come. He that hath an ear, let him hear. We'll stop there for now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just uh, pray that you be with my mind. Lord, help us. We look to this word of God. You give us so much here to see. And Father, I, uh, I know that I am not the teacher. We have the truth of your word, and we have the Holy Spirit to guide us in that truth. So, Lord, be with my words, be with the things that we say together and understand that you would convict each one of our hearts with what we need to hear this morning. And so, Father, I thank you again that we have a copy of your word. Lord, it is something that is absolutely imperative because you do nothing that conflicts with the word of God. You are consistent. You are the same yesterday, today, forever. Everything you do is in line with your commandments. You never break a promise. You never speak something that is not truth. And so, Father, we just thankful for Jesus' example here. So, Lord, just bless this time together. Uh, some of it is going to be digging a little deep this morning. But when it comes to us as Christians, you don't tell us just to read the Word of God. You tell us to study the Word of God, a workman, that we could rightly divide it sometimes we got to put some effort into it to understand the truth that you're trying to share with us so thank you for that in jesus name amen so again we saw that jesus said go back to the scriptures and find out what the bible says about me john okay am i being the example am i raising the dead am i healing the sick are people being you know all those prophecies that happened through isaiah jeremiah ezekiel everything that god has shown us now jesus turns the tables as those guys are leaving he says to everybody around him and says you know this john the baptist that you all went out to see okay the pharisees everybody just john who was he how does he fit into god's plan and so jesus began to point some things out so let's keep going here in our slides okay he told us about his disciples to look for him in the scripture number two jesus then shows john in the scriptures keep going Matthew chapter 11 verse 10 this is what we were just reading for this is he of whom it is written behold I send a messenger before thy face which shall prepare the way before thee okay he says John was written about there's stuff in the scripture that talks about this fellow John so he reminds us okay there's evidence there, right? Only the only way you can truly evaluate a man's life is through the Bible. The other day I was talking, Diane says this to me a lot. And again, I'm I'm just a boring, dull, very introverted person that no, you know me, I'm a goof. And I'll admit it, I have no problem with that. And Diane said to me, Pastor, you're so funny. You know, and that's great. But you know what? The Bible doesn't have to say that, oh, a leader in Christ has to be funny. Okay. I'm glad he gave me the personality I've got, that's great. But that's not something I look to the Bible and say, yep, I'm, I'm really knocking that spiritual goal out of the park. I'm funny. Okay. There's things that God says about us as Christians, and to evaluate a person's life, it should be, are we living the way the Christians The Bible says we should. You know, there are a lot of people in this world today who want to tell you what a Christian should be. What a Christian should do. What a Christian should think. How a Christian should feel. They will love to tell you, what would our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ do? And then they follow it up with something like, well, I think... (coughs) No, the Word of God says... And that's where we're messing up a lot in our culture. And I could spend the next four hours dealing with that stuff. I'm not going to, okay? But if you want to know what a Christian, what a Christ-like person, what Jesus would do, it is defined in the Bible. Okay? We don't have to come and you know, listen to, oh, that's an antiquated book that was written centuries ago and we need to make alterations and adjustments and everything, hogwash. Okay, If you want to evaluate somebody's life, you do it through what God has written about them and God has written a lot about us. Okay, we're not going to cover all that today, that's for a different sermon. Okay, but keep going. So, Jesus speaks to everyone who's listening. This isn't just a private conversation between him and a couple of disciples, this isn't a training session with the 12. Jesus declares to everybody, Hey, you know this John, let's figure out who this guy is from the scriptures. Okay, keep going. He said, What'd you go out to see? A reed shaken with the wind? Some sort of wimp. And again, you would spend a lot of time around on this one. Um, There are churches, and we got one in the back, I kind of tucked it around the corner there so you don't see it much, that have pictures of Jesus. Okay? Beautiful, thin, handsome, Caucasian face with wavy, dirty, blonde hair. You know, and if they have him on the cross, he's this sort of waif, Little skinny guy. We have to be careful that we don't put the wrong image in our mind about who our Savior was. Okay? They want to make him wimpy. Okay? And God God wanted. Listen, he was a carpenter. I do carpentry with power tools, and it ain't easy. Imagine doing carpentry with hand tools. Okay? Jesus was no wimp. And I'm sorry, he didn't have wavy blonde hair and was a white guy. He was a kind of shorter, stocky, woolly brown, olive colored. Uh, what's the word I'm wanted. Uh, I wanted? I was saying Jewish, but that's more of a religion than a cultural place. He was Middle Eastern. Okay, this idea, we get imagery. But I want you to understand something. Jesus is saying, did you just go out to see this guy who was a weed, a, a reed just blown around with the wind? He was no kind of wimp. John had power. Everything he said, he spoke with authority. Then Jesus says, what would you go out to see? Some guy dressed up in soft, fancy clothes? I couldn't think of a better phrase than fancy pants. I know some of the younger folks may not know what that means. How many of us older folks know what that means? Okay. Not some guy who sits around uh, lounging, eating pettifords. Okay. He was a man's man. OK? He. Did, um, I put a tie on this morning. I debated putting a tie on this morning for this purpose. It is not how you dress that represents your relationship with God. Now, on the opposite end, please help me with this. When you come to church, we try to offer our Lord the best. Now, I I say it this way: If you would go to court wearing something different than you would wear to church, maybe you should check your priorities. So if you say, "Oh, Sunday, go to meeting clothes," I don't say that anymore. I say, uh, "Go to church, uh, go to court clothes," because you watch the people who go to court. Okay, never wore a suit in their life. They're in a three-piece suit with a tie, like because uh, they want to dress their best for the judge. Well, just a thought there. I'm not telling you how to dress. I'm just saying if you're going to dress the best for something else and you're not dressing your best for God, hmm, makes you think, doesn't it? Okay. But it wasn't about that. He said, listen, you didn't see this guy dressed up all fancy and trying to impress people. God, Jesus said, that's somebody who lives in the king's house. Okay? He was no wimp. He wasn't a fancy pants. This guy was sent here by the Lord with a job. And that was to boldly go forth and prepare a message. Repent! The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is saying, listen, there's no, not some random reason John the Baptist was who he was. God chose him for a purpose. Okay, last little bit. He says, was he a prophet? Because they knew prophets. Not a lot of them. You have a whole Old Testament full of prophets and God says Jesus himself says there's are more to John than just a prophet he fits in an eternal plan that you you guys need to be aware of and so that's what we're going to look at today John was not just some random guy who decided to stand up out in the wilderness and start convicting uh, Israel of their sin and preparing for Messiah he was specifically chosen are you specifically chosen? Thank you. The answer is yes. Okay, keep going. What does the scripture say? Well, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 2, and this is where Jesus is quoting from here in Isaiah, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom ye seek, shall suddenly come to his temple, even a messenger of the covenant, whom ye shall delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Jesus is saying, John the Baptist had a special place. The Old Testament spoke about him. Keep going. Next verse is that. But who may abide the days of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is likened to a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. Uh, what does soap do? Derek, you'd be happy. This is, I'm sorry, this is just a conversation between Derek and I. The rest of you can go to sleep for a minute. I went and bought one of them Sasquatch soaps, okay, he's a Sasquatch nut, all right, I'm just thinking of this, what, I was like, I like a good soap, okay, something, you get these soaps and you rub them and the bar is half gone before you're done, okay, I want something that, you know, what's the simple orange or the orange stuff that you wash the grease off when you're working on you? get a real soap you know something that really scrubs you down that's what this is talking about he sent John the Baptist to clean people's lives up that's why he said repent now that's the easy side you know what a refiner's fire is don't you that burns off everything you got the easy side of it well I'll just scrub you with a little soap or God says I'm gonna put you through the fire God says I'm sending this fella because I want you to remember it's time to clean up your act that was the point repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Messiah is here. Okay, That's what John the Baptist was there for. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 through 5. Okay, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert the highway of our God. This is what Jesus is saying. He had a place in God's plan. Keep going for the rest of Isaiah. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain uh, and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Jesus is quoting these verses saying, John came for a real reason. Okay, He wasn't just some random guy who started to preach. He was part of God's eternal plan. Keep going. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Jesus himself quotes and says, John the Baptist is the fulfillment of Isaiah. Okay, The word of God spoke clearly about who John the Baptist was. Keep going. And the same John had his raiment of camel hair and a leathern girdle about his loins. And his meat was locusts and wild honey. Uh, I imagine today's equivalent, just in my own mind, not scripture. Camel in a tree stand with a bow and arrow grabbing some nettles off there and making some nice hot nettle tea. This guy was no fancy pants. God said he had a plan for him. He wasn't some wimpy guy. He was a bold fellow who went out there and shared the truth of God because God had a plan for him. God got a plan for you? Okay, keep going. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 6 through 8 says, The voice said, Cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all goodliness thereof is the flower of the field. The grass withereth, and the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon him. Surely the people is grass. This is in that same quote about John the Baptist when he's coming, saying, prepare, guys. You better wake up, because Messiah is on his way. All right, keep going. The grass withereth, and the flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. How do we start this off? I told you to put a thought in your mind. Okay, Jesus saying, what did the Word of God say about me? What does the Word of God say about John the Baptist? What does the Word of God say about you? What does the Word of God say about me? Because it's the thing that stands forever. Okay, not what country we live in, not how uh, rich we are, how poor we are. What does the Word of God say about you and me? It's the thing that stands forever. Okay, we're only about what 247 years old as a country ain't been around that very long what happened to Christians before America was here well you know we American Christians we're it's not based on that stuff your Christian life is based upon the everlasting truth of God's Word not what country you live in but what does it say about you and me as we walk our faith out okay keep going So Jesus declares John. So he said, this is what the scripture said. Let me tell you some couple things special about this fella. You just read it with me, right? Jesus said, there wasn't anybody greater born amongst women. Okay? Go ahead. None greater born of women. Now, let me give you a little clue here. That doesn't mean John was superhuman or better than anybody else. Okay? You ever hear in a uh, commercial... They'll say, it's unsurpassed. You ever hear that phrase? That doesn't mean it's better than anybody else. It just means nobody's better than it. Right? Unsurpassed, meaning it's at the top, nobody's better. Well, John here, Jesus is saying, there's never been anybody better born among women. Okay, doesn't mean John is better than everybody else. He just says, Nobody ever surpasses John. Does that make you feel good? Because sometimes as Christians, I've heard it, I've said it. Man, I wish I was like Moses. I wish I was like Elijah, or you know, I wish I was like Daniel. You know, all the midst of those foreign nations being able to pray and keep my faith, even with the threat of a burning fiery furnace or a lion's den. God did not say he's better than anybody else, right? That's not what that says. He says there's nobody better than him. Meaning if you live for the Lord and you fit into God's plan, you can also be like John the Baptist. That's the amazing part. We have the ability at any point in time to be absolutely within the center of God's plan and please him and be a part of what he's doing we don't necessarily always fit in that spot but John man this is why John was so awesome because he was exactly where God needed him to be and was doing exactly what God wanted so Jesus said he's here nobody ever has come to a point where they've been better than John John has been right at the top nobody ever been born a woman But, notice what else he says. All the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. Now, this gives me goosebumps. Okay? I'm sorry if we're in church. Glory bumps. Okay? John was alive and fulfilling God's word before Jesus Christ had paid the penalty for sin by his death, burial, and resurrection. John was not a Christian. You couldn't be a Christian until you received Christ's death, burial, and resurrection as your eternal salvation. Okay? He was before that. So when the Bible goes ahead and says, you know, not, not only was he, nobody was ever greater, but you know what, anybody who is a believer in Christ, anyone receives Jesus Christ as Savior, is better than him because he didn't have the guarantee of salvation before his death he didn't have the indwelling holy spirit of god he didn't have the promise of eternal life that was only purchased through the death burial and resurrection of jesus so I look at this and going oh man this john is better than will ever be no jesus says you know what anybody who is a believer and saved by the blood of christ is greater than he is only because now we have the indwelling Jesus who lives within us, who's purchased us, who washed us whiter than snow. How awesome is that? I'm telling you, it's great. Does he have a plan for you and me? The Word of God wrote stuff about us that we should be doing? Do we have the ability to please God? Good questions. Keep going. Born again of God. That's the key. John didn't have that. He was beheaded before Jesus purchased our salvation keep going first john chapter 12 but as many as receive him to them gave he power to become the sons of god even to them that believe on his name one of the most powerful verses in the scripture if you receive jesus christ as your savior you are given the power to become a son of god okay that is why anyone within the kingdom of god is greater than John the Baptist because Jesus did such something amazing at his resurrection work at his death and burial and resurrection okay keep going the kingdom of heaven under Gentile rule now I hope you caught this Jesus starts getting heavy in doctrine here for a minute and he sets the tone remember how we've been talking about who the Bible is written to and that's important to understand that the book of Matthew is written to Jews the book of Hebrew is written to Hebrews Okay, there's certain churches uh, that misunderstand this and think that every single book in the Bible was written to me as a New Testament Christian. Okay, it's not. All right, and we, I don't want to go over the whole doctrine, and the whole teaching again. We did this a couple months back, but the Bible says in Hebrews that a testament, a will and testament is only good after a testator is dead. That means Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all lit, written about Jesus before he's dead. Those things aren't New Testament promises. They're before Jesus's death. That's why this is important to understand. But notice, Jesus says, "The kingdom of heaven has been under Gentile rule." Okay, um, th- those of us who just got done studying the book of Job and some of the other books that we looked at, the book of Daniel, tracing all these Gentile kingdoms from. Babylon to Medo-Persian to the Greeks to the Romans to today this world has not been under the control of God's people it has been under the control of the Gentiles that's what he's saying here he's saying this whole world even though God had designed it for God's people to be living and ruling and with him it's been under Gentile rule until now and then Jesus points out something absolutely amazing here and he says Up until John, we've been under the rule of the law and the prophets. Hey, did you see that when I read it? From this day, John the Baptist, till now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and is taken by force. That is because it is under Gentile rule. Keep going. John closes out the time of the prophets. Jesus said, for all the prophets and the law uh, prophesied until John. John the Baptist is going to be the last prophet that fulfills everything that the Old Testament says. And not very long after, Jesus dies and completes the Old Testament. That's what this is talking about. There's a, so much doctrine that Jesus packed into these two verses. Okay? It's amazing. And that's why I said when we started praying that there's some things here that Jesus teaches that's pretty deep. This is one of those things. The Old Testament gets completed by Christ at the cross. Everything that Jesus, God had promised is completed in Jesus. From that point forward is when the testament that is new begins at the cross. Okay, Up until John, and that's why he says all the law and the prophets, and if you know the scripture, when the Bible says law and the prophets, it's talking about the sum of the Old Testament. All of that was good until John. After that, something different happens. And this is why we have a New Testament written. Okay. A lot of good, heavy teaching there. If you don't hang on to that one yet, mark it down, circle back to it. It, it. It'll come important sometimes. All right, keep going. The Jews could have received John. Now, here we go. A lot of punch packed in here. A lot of information packed in here. We just read verses in the Old Testament that said, Elijah will come. And when Elijah comes, he'll deliver a message. Elijah's going to come before Messiah, to prepare the way, to talk about, remember the valleys being made low, I mean, the hills being made low, and the valleys, and the all that stuff, he says, that's going to be Elijah. Well, Jesus said, if you believe, okay, the Jews, if they would have received, this would have been the fulfillment of Elijah. Jesus himself says, are you reading it with me? I want to make sure that this is not Craig brain. behold, I will send Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, this is still a prophecy that's in the works. We'll talk about that in a minute. Keep going. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, uh, children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth. I'm not going to read these two passages. Go home and read both of those. They are both passages talking about John the Baptist and what John the Baptist did. His baptism of Jesus, and there's a lot of information packed in here. But both of these passages in John and Luke describe that John the Baptist is the fulfillment of the prophecy about Elijah coming. And that's why I keep going. Chapter seven, uh, 17. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elias must come first? They all knew it because the Old Testament said... If Messiah is here, then Elijah's coming first to prepare his way. Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall come first and restore all things. So Jesus agrees. Elijah will come before Messiah gets here. Keep going. But I say unto you, Elias is come already, and they knew him not. But have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise, shall they all uh, also? The Son of Man shall suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that he spoke the, to them of John the Baptist. So, John, This is why John is so special, and this is why Jesus is spending time focusing on this, because John is an absolute integral part of Jesus being Messiah. John the Baptist is Elijah in the prophecy. Of Messiah coming Jesus here said listen if you would have received it John fits this picture of Elijah Jesus says Elijah already been here if you would have believed it and the disciples go oh yeah John the Baptist he's Elijah and that's why this is very important we get this look here keep going remember this is part of God's plan his prophecy the person of john the baptist fits the appropriate place in the prophecy i'm wording this extremely carefully okay and i know this is a little deep but jesus gets deep here and i don't want to skim over what jesus is trying to say okay john the baptist fits the prophecy of elijah being here by jesus's words by the fulfillment of the old testament everything we've seen now here's the key keep going that is why the bible says it this way we read the verse look carefully with this if ye will receive it this is elias which was for to come now we're talking about John the Baptist. Who is he? Was he a reed shaking with the wind? Some wimpy guy? Some fancy pants? Just a prophet? No, he was the promised one who would declare Messiah was here. And Jesus said, "Listen, if you to believe this, he is." Did I say that right? Now I made a notation here. This does not say he is Elijah, does it? It's very important, and sometimes we squabble over this, that, oh, you know, uh, you know back, that written in Old English, and, you know, it could be written better, and, uh, you know, uh, we could read that verse, you know, if you receive it, then he's Elijah. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say that John the Baptist is Elijah. He sa- it says, it is Elijah, meaning the prophecy is, john the baptist fits elijah's picture you with me now this is so important for those of you who are into studying the scripture about future events and i know this is deep and hang with me please continue to remind yourself what i started the sermon with are we living what the scripture says about us because it has more to say about how a christian should live than it says about how the john the baptist lives that's the point but jesus goes carefully into john the baptist to remind us that everything that is happening is absolutely according to god's word and his plan so he says, listen if you would have received this this is john the baptist not he is but this is elijah he fits exactly into the puzzle piece that needs to be there now Here's the problem with us who are deep thinkers in Christianity, and uh, keep going. There's a word we use called eschatology, meaning the study of the last days. You know how many times I've had debates and read forums and seen uh, commentaries and everything else about who's going to show up in the end times? Is it going to be Moses and Elijah? Is it going to be Enoch and Elijah? Who's it going to be? Because Elijah, Jesus said, you know, before the great day of the Lord, Elijah will come. Well, here's the key, guys. John was the one who was Elijah. We get this idea, well, is it going to be Moses? It'll be the one who fits the plan. Is it actually literally going to be Moses from thousands of years ago walking the earth? Well, was it literally Elijah or was it a guy named John? We sometimes try to pin God's word into a little box and try to fit him into our human brain and we can't Trust God that he's working his plan just the way he said So he says it is elijah His name's john the baptist So in the future when he says oh it might be moses and elijah Don't be upset if it's not exactly moses and exactly elijah There's going to be two guys here two witnesses that fit in the plan just like john the baptist fit in the plan okay i know this is deep stuff hang with me i'm sorry but i don't want to skip over what jesus said this is why we go verse by verse through the scriptures so we don't miss anything there's a lot of deep stuff a lot of powerful stuff that jesus says here okay so many debate about who it's going to be doesn't matter john was elijah in the prophecy he wasn't the reincarnation of elijah And it may not be the reincarnation of Moses or Elijah or Enoch in the future. I'm just setting you to, let's not pin God into a little box. God doesn't do things our way. He does it his way, right? Okay, keep going. Jesus said, "Uh, he that hath an ear, y'all listening? Because he's trying to say this John that you saw, this guy that was rough and tumble and preached the word of God, he fit what God's plan has always been that's the key. That's what Jesus has said remember we talked about this two weeks ago Setting up for this the entire chapter is based upon the proof of God's word applied to a person's life to his life to John the Baptist's life and Inevitably our lives as well. Okay, Matthew he that had the ear, let him hear so now I want to read the last couple of verses here Because man it looks like today Okay Look, if you would, verse 16. But where until shall ye liken this generation? It is like unto children sitting in the market, calling for their, unto their fellows, saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and ye have not lamented. For John came, neither eating nor drinking, and ye say, He hath a devil." And the son of man came eating and drinking and you say behold the man is gluttonous and a winebibber and a friend of publicans and sinners but wisdom is justified of her children Jesus finishes and says you know both John and I children of this generation the people that were alive then gathered all their friends together and said what do you think of these guys And they based their thinking on what they thought the Messiah should do. On who John the Baptist should be, on who Messiah, who Jesus should be. Oh, you know, we thought you should dance, but you didn't. We thought you should, uh, you know, do all this other stuff. We have ideas of what you should think and what you should teach and what you should believe. Some of you ate with people. Some of you didn't eat with people. You didn't do things the way we thought they should be done. You see Jesus' point? And I'll tell you one thing. This world is full. I I love the information age and I hate the information age. The information age is great because I can pull this thing out and Google anything I want to and find out some information and see YouTube videos on how to do a head gasket in my car. Don't ever do it. Okay. But at the same time, there is so much misinformation out there because everybody now has an opinion and a thought about what Jesus and what a Christian should be. And Jesus says, listen, this generation, even at his day, gather around like kids sitting on the, in the marketplace just watching people going, well, I don't think it's him because he's not doing what I think he should be doing. We got so many people in this world right now basing christianity and jesus upon how they feel something should be done well god is love so if god is love i think i feel he should accept this and he should do this and he should allow that and he should and jesus this entire chapter has been saying what does god's word say and again i love you I get frustrated. We don't need to be angry about this because there are people out there who are just absolutely furious and want to just, you know, burn it all down and get in as many arguments and debates as possible. That's not my Savior either. But He never once hesitated to point out that the key to anyone's life is to be evaluated through the Scriptures. So when they say, oh, well, you know, Jesus is a God of love so we should allow everybody to do things the way they want to because that's what a loving person does. No, it's not. I've said it many times before. I'll say it again. I was a reasonably loving father. I say that because I have a daughter in the back and she's going to laugh at me. Okay, If I saw one of my children walking by with the gas can and one of the other children walking right behind them with a lighter love says No! Love doesn't say, oh, well, uh, I'll let them go express themselves. I'll let them express themselves into orbit. Right into the hospital. No, love means you stop somebody because you know the truth of what the situation requires. So Jesus spends some time here going, you know what? I'm Messiah not just because I'm declaring I'm Messiah and because God bears me witness, but the word of God, which is the absolute truth, says that. And John the Baptist, who you guys came out to see and you wondered who he is and you're still guessing, he's exactly what God's Word said he would be. So I end today with this. The Word of God has a lot of information about how you and I should be. When we look at all the instruction that the Apostle Paul, if you want to go back and just listen to the instruction that Paul's been giving Timothy in Dan's Sunday School through 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, just those two books alone, Paul says, listen, Timothy, I'm passing on some truth to you because I'm I'm handing you the the whole mantle here, dude. You got it because I'm about to be killed. Here's some things you need to do. Guys, on Wednesday night, we've been doing character qualities of a man and woman of God. When you read those, they say, oh, yeah, I can see myself in there. Or do we read those and go, oh, crud. Because the word of God has a lot to say about you and me. So as a church, and listen, I, I, I'm a pastor, I have a position, but I'm one of this family. And we can't go, go around giving ourselves pats on the back because of how our personalities are, or that I'm funny. Or we need to be looking at each other and say, are we living up to what God's Word says about us? Not what we think, not what we feel, not what the words, world's concept is of Christian but what does God's word explain about who, how you and I should be? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And honestly, Father, that is, we say that so often, but we would absolutely be lost without it. Not only because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our literal, honest, true faith in Christ would be hindered if we did not have the word of God as truth. But Lord, when I look around this world, and there are so many opposing ideas about Christianity and Christ. And people try to justify it. People try to intellectualize it. People try to do all these things about our culture, our behavior, what truth really is. And Father, it comes down to the fact that you have given us a Bible, a Word of God, a Holy Scriptures. And you say that your word is established in heaven. And so, Lord, we looked at the fact that I love understanding that there are so many prophecies about who Jesus is. It is innumerable. Lord, you couldn't calculate it, how many prophecies he fulfilled. And here he's pointing to John the Baptist saying he also fulfilled prophecy. He also fits exactly into God's plan. Well, Father, I fit into your plan too. And so does everybody sitting here today. Father, you're working your plan to a T. Lord, help us to be a part of that. Help us to understand the privilege it is. And Lord, help us to be more like what your word says we should be. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with that. When Jesus starts talking about some deep scriptures, we got to say it, we're not going to avoid it, but sometimes we go, wow, Lord, that was heavy stuff. The key is, here's a whole book that tells us how we ought to be functioning in this world. Let's try to live up to it. Because I'd love to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, someday. Amen? All right, you're dismissed. Uh, Storms are coming. Keep your ear to the wire, see if, uh, you know... Wednesday, and I think Wednesday's good. Looks like Tuesday and Thursday we might be getting garbage. But I think Wednesday's good to go. All right? Love you. See you. Go tell somebody about Jesus this week.